It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome to a Friday discussion. Eric, I'm actually really excited about the question for today. Here, I'll just give it to you. All right. Can we as Christians get the cowardice out of our lives? Isn't it shocking uh, to us as Christians? And I'm speaking for like myself, but I'll throw you in there with us, uh, with me, with us. No, it's with me. <laughs> with it. Uh, and that is, I think we're shocked when we step forward in Christianity because we can be bold in certain areas of our life. And then when it comes to Christian truth, we find a timidity that's like, what's that doing there? Yep. We find a cowardice. We shrink back, even though the scriptures say we shouldn't. And it's exposing something in us. And that, and that is that our natural man has the capacity to be bold and courageous in natural man activities. But it does not have the capacity to be bold and courageous in spiritual man activities without help. <laughs> so, and that's what really the question is. Can you get the cowardice out of your life? The answer is yes. But that's what we want to talk about is how. So... Okay, that is my question then. How <laughs> on earth can we as, as, as believers, especially, especially in this culture today, I mean, I, I, you know, you watch the news or you look at what's happening politically or in the economy or just globally, and there, there's, there, there is a pressure coming against Christians who are standing for truth, who are actually speaking yeah. the gospel. And I think we more than ever before need to rise up and be bold and courageous. Yeah. So how on earth do we do this? Because we have a tendency to measure ourselves based on our human feelings in right. those moments, which is, it's very important that we don't. And that we immediately turn heavenward and say, but God has the supply for me. He has everything I need. Uh, there's an, we call it the ancient war cry uh, around here, but it's, it's, the, it's the military mantra of the Israelites in the wilderness going into the promised land. And Moses is going to start it out by speaking it to Joshua. And then Joshua is going to rehearse it to his troops over and over again. Be strong and of good courage. And so the ancient Hebrew term that we've used, we have short films on it and things like that, are, is rakasak. And it is a powerful phrase that can make the natural man side of us go, yeah, and we want to just rise up. But we have a tendency to rise up in our own strength as opposed to recognize what that is. You want to be strong and of good courage? What do you need? You need the impartation of heaven. You know who's going to win this battle? Not you. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So what is the ancient war cry, really? It's God moving into the saints, taking this hand, making it his hand, taking this mouth and making it speak what he would speak, taking these eyes and causing me to see what he sees causing this mind to be the mind of Christ, causing this heart to beat with his burdens. It's an overtaking of the life of man by God himself. And what that leads to is the biggest hurrah you've ever heard. It literally leads to boldness, to courage, but not for human things, for spiritual things. And right now, what you described, when the world turns against Christianity, you'll notice two different types of Christians, ones that shrink and ones that rise up and grow 10 feet taller. The ones growing 10 feet taller are the ones infused with the Holy Spirit. They're the ones that are learning how to not lean on their own emotion, but lean on truth, on faith, and to trust that God makes us work 
And that statement, faithful is he who has called us, who also will do it. Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord. Not be strong. It's like, yeah, be strong, people. No, be strong in the Lord Mm. and in the power of his might. That is the great secret of military strength for the Christian. In fact, even that Ephesians 6 passage, it's interesting that that be strong in the Lord is passive, which actually means not that you whip up the strength and the ability, but you actually receive the strength of the Lord. I think it's such an important point. And it reminds me of uh, that that great illustration that C.T. Studd brings up in his book, Chocolate Soldier, of, you know, here's a soldier who goes into battle. Uh, he's facing the, the intensity, the heat, the pressure. If he's made of chocolate, which... I don't know about you. I love chocolate. So it's like, <laughs> yes, let me be a chocolate soldier. That sounds great. But C.T. Stead says, if you're a chocolate soldier going into battle, you melt. Yeah. And you actually cannot withstand the difficulty. So a true godly Christian needs something other than chocolate That's right. at the essence of our souls. And when a true godly soldier goes into battle, it makes him stronger. So it's like you take gold and stick it in fire. What happens to it? It purifies. Yeah. It, the dross is lifted to the surface so that which is impure actually can be removed. And this is the pattern of how we are trained as Christians. So God will deliberately take us into situations and prove our soul, prove our faith. We can brag all we want like Peter. It's like, I'm going to die with you tonight you know, or today, however he said that, right? And Jesus is like, you're missing something, Peter. You see, this is before Pentecost. And Peter's like saying, I can do this for you. And he says, no, you can't. You're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. And in a sense, all of us have to be proven like Peter was. We have to be proven that in our own bravado, in our own gusto, in our own grit and determination, we will fail. But after Pentecost, this same Peter is going to be such a hero. I mean, he's going to stand in front of the same city that just crucified his Lord 50 days later, and he is going to boldly preach. What's the difference? What's the Holy Spirit? This man is now infilled with the life of God so that now his lips are being used to express something that God wants to express, as opposed to Peter being filled with himself and his own confidence attempting to do it. So, okay, I love the concept. Uh, The theory is phenomenal, but... Could you, could you somehow make this practical for all of us? In other words, okay, I, I look at my ability. I'm, lo- I'm looking at where I'm at going, <clears throat> gulp. Uh, I, uh, all right, I see myself here. Mm-hmm. And then I look at what God's calling me to, especially yeah. in terms of living out the Christian life, to declare boldly the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ. And that actually looks intimidating at some level of like, yeah, but, but what if, right? And especially as Christianity is becoming much more of a, uh, a hostile thing to the culture. Do you have any practical thoughts of like, okay, what does it actually mean for for my life or those who are listening yeah. to actually live in this reality, not just esteem it? Well, that, that place where we're at and that place where we know we ought to be, right? This is what the scriptures are going to herald to us. And it's what the Holy Spirit's going to show us. And at first we're going to say, God, that's sort of rude that you're showing me that I'm way down here and you're way up here. And yet what that difference is, is what we're going to call the grace gap. God isn't actually trying to raise you up to be God. What he wants to do is fill that gap and enable you to behave, even though you're down here in this body, he wants you to behave up here. But the difference in how that works is something known as grace. You need something. And that's where it starts. It starts with the acknowledgement. So like the way you were even articulating it, we're all in the same boat. I could look at 
all of the events in the world today from a human lens and I could panic. But fear and anxiety have no place in the Christian life. Why? Because this gap we know is made up. So God, you want me to behave like you in this body? How am I supposed to do that? Well, Eric, let me do that. You have limited capacity. God knows that. God knows that I am not intended. He never intended me to be God. He intends to be God in me. And so that's where we have to actually reach out, just like Jacob did with that angel. You remember where he wrestles through the night with the man of God, which turns out to be God, right? But he grabs a hold of him and he says, God, I'm missing something. And I know you have it. You see, there was a grace gap. He's missing something and he knows who has it. Do our question, the question for all of us, do we know that we're missing something and do we know who has it? And if so, we grab a hold of him and then if he tries to shrug us off, hey, hey, let go of me. We say, no, I'm not going to let go until I get it. And that is historic Christianity. I mean, that's where the name Israel even comes from. It's that overcoming fervor to say, I refuse to be defined by my own limitations. I want to be defined by his power. And so God, take this limited pile of you know, mass down here known as Eric Ludi that can't do anything of any spiritual substance that would ever please you. And I ask that you would fill me and you would enable that gap to be covered so that when someone strikes me on one cheek, I have what is needed to turn the other. When they start making fun of me and mocking me, I don't shrink, but actually I rise 10 feet taller and I speak with my mouth the very words of love and life that you would have me speak. That encourages us. That gives us hope to say, God is a grace gap filler. That's what he does. He's the intercessor. He makes up the gap. Amen. It is interesting, just even looking at my life. I had a mentor once say that when God calls us into something, he's always going to call us deeper and further than we want to go or or the ability we think we have because he's forcing dependency in our life. In other words, he's not going to just call me to something that I can easily just pull off in my own human ability because he wants me to stretch and wants me to lean upon his grace uh, and his supply. I, I Just as you were talking, the thought that came to my mind was, it is so easy for me to look at the future and go, but I don't have that yet. Uh, I, I know, okay, martyrdom may be coming, but I'm not ready for martyrdom. Or, okay, I may go out and share the gospel today, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even feel the courage right now for that moment. Yeah. Could you maybe just quickly address that idea of, do we... Do we receive the grace of God now for for what we need in the future, or does He give that when we need it? Like, yeah. could you maybe even it's like flesh you're that a little bit? Your own question in a certain way, but yes, I, I I know exactly what you're saying, and that is, we receive that which we need for the now. Right. So I have grace for this conversation right now. I'm depending upon God. We pray before we start. We're like, God, lead us in this so that we can articulate what is on your heart. I have grace for this. I don't have grace for being tortured five years from now in a prison cell, right? But will I have the grace for that? I will. And I have a confidence in that. And the story that you and I love uh, is the Corey Ten Boom story where she's she's pondering the same things. Am I going to have what I need when I need it? Am I going to be able to respond the way my Christian heroes have responded? where they didn't deny Christ, but they stood strong. Because you look at yourself, you're like, whoa, I'm way down here. And so she asked her, Papa, uh, Papa, how do I know if I will be able to pass these tests, if I'll be able to uh, engage with persecution and not stumble and not 
uh, turn my back on God. He says, Corey, when we're going on the train, when do I give you the ticket? And she thinks about it and says, well, when we're getting on. He goes, that's exactly right. And so it is with your heavenly father. When you need it, you have it. And that's critical for us to know. You have grace for right now. Hmm. So grab it, take it. Right. The grace gap that you're experiencing today, you have everything you need. But the grace gap for tomorrow, that's for tomorrow. God will meet that the same way he was going to meet it today. He's going to meet that tomorrow. Which is why Jesus <clears throat> says, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow will handle itself, but sufficient is today. Yep. And I, I think this is a great reminder for just these this season that we're in. As we're taking steps forward, I have all that I need today for life and godliness, as Second Peter 1, 3 says. Amen. I have everything that I need because it is Jesus. What a great reminder. Amen. Amen. Well, let us all live in that grace gap. That's good. Well, before we go, we have an amazingly beautiful campus. And so we have created a little media piece to highlight and show you what our campus looks like. So for those who are listening on the podcast, you're going to miss out on some doozies of some pictures. So I would encourage you <laughs> to go to the Ellerslie.com website and actually watch this video because it is really inspiring when you actually look at just the beauty of what we do here in Colorado. So here you go. I hope it works out for you to sneak away from whatever is occupying you in your hometown and make it out here to Windsor. It is so wonderful to gather as the body, to be around like-minded Christians. The relationships that are established in a place like this are lifelong, eternal, technically. And the worship is astounding. The preaching of the word is different than when you hear it digitally, when you hear it in a video. I mean, we're at the base of the Rocky Mountains, just a beautiful spot to just have a season, take a, a time in your life to just focus on the person of Jesus Christ. If there is that possibility that you would be interested in coming out here, boy, would we be excited. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.